a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome back to another episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about my review of the new Star Wars novel called Brotherhood. It follows Obi-Wan and Anakin pretty directly after the events of Attack of the Clones, and I really, really love this book, and I can't wait to talk to you all about it. So without further ado, let's dive into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. So much like my reviews for shows, what I'm going to do is start out with a non-spoiler review followed by a full spoiler review and breakdown. So just in case you haven't read the book and you want to read it without any uh, spoilers or any uh, major plot points uh, discussed, then uh, you have the opportunity to hear my just general non-spoiler thoughts. So without further ado, here they are. I think that it is a fantastic story that fills in a very fascinating gap in the canon timeline, and we get very great development for the Skywalker Kenobi uh, dynamic with awesome insight into Anakin's relationships with people like Padme and Palpatine. Um, Some awesome details and references uh, make the story flow and also uh, add to the greater Star Wars narrative really, really well. And additional characters outside of Kenobi and Skywalker only enhance the story and work extremely well to bring out interesting sides to each of the protagonists. So that's about all that I feel like I can say without giving too much away. But I did really, really love this book. It's one of my top five favorite Star Wars novels that I've read. Well, that's if you consider the Darth Bane trilogy to be one novel. Um, If if you don't, then it's not top five. But um, under that assumption, it is. So with that being said, the rest of this episode will have spoilers. So keep that in mind. If you don't want to have this book spoiled, then don't listen to the rest of this episode. This is your spoiler warning. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Let's dive in. So first, I want to talk about Anakin Skywalker. Now, I really love all the development that his character gets. There are a lot of references to Attack of the Clones and how cringy he knows he was with Padme. And it kind of dives into the early days of their marriage and the difficulty that they have balancing their duties uh, and their relationship. And you get to see a glimpse into their personal life that's very, very interesting. You get to see um, his perception of Padme and her outgoing, ongoing kindness. And like I said before, you get to see him reminisce on his time uh, during Attack of the Clones when he's first uh, getting to see her after 10 years of being apart. And he really is cringing. He's being like, oh my gosh, like I was so awkward. I was like, uh, how was I like, like he just doesn't understand how he could have acted in that sort of way. But it's just, he kind of attributes it to being young and in love. And I think that that kind of helps put Attack of the Clones into context, even if it is kind of backpedaling a little bit to accommodate for the awkward and sort of cringy romantic scenes. I, th- I think that it's a really cool addition to kind of acknowledge that. Um, Anakin is also seen grappling with his new responsibilities of being a knight and finds uh, and he, he's trying to find the confidence to not automatically defer to others because up until this point, he's been a Padawan. He has been a student, one who is sort of not necessarily subservient, but very much under the authority of the people around him. And now he has been given that same authority. 
And so it's sort of him trying to find his place in this new hierarchy, in this ever-changing galaxy that's in the beginnings of a war. And one of my favorite details is that Obi-Wan says that he, uh, Anakin tended to always walk with his weight um, held forward. Like he's always moving towards something, almost like he's getting ahead of himself. He's walking headstrong into everything, but once he becomes a knight, he starts to be a little more reserved, a little more unsure of himself because he's not sure where he fits into this new dynamic. And I think that um, th- there's also a very interesting detail of him learning to live with like a sort of mild, even minuscule latency in his mechanical arm because keep in mind at this point, he is very newly uh, dismembered and has this new prosthetic arm. And it's not quite the same. He, he notices little lags where it's not quite in tune with the rest of his body and learning to kind of um, use it to his advantage and learning to how to cope with that sort of uh, new disability that he has is a super cool addition and eventually he figures out that he can use it as a strength and that he can sort of manipulate his uh, existing fighting style in order to incorporate it as an advantage in battle Um, but Uh, I will say one of my favorite parts is his relationship with Palpatine and getting to see how close they were early on provides amazing context for the events in Revenge of the Sith. Because if you just watch the movie, it's like, okay, you don't really have a lot of context, especially given Attack of the Clones. You don't see them interacting all that much. Um, But in this, Palpatine acts as a sort of father figure, pseudo father figure in place of Qui-Gon Jinn. And he's able to validate and affirm things that Anakin doesn't feel like he can bring to the Jedi. And he casually plants seeds of doubt about the Jedi and their ways while feeding Anakin's ego. He's grooming him. He's, and this ties back to Palpatine's master plan and how brilliant it is. He played the long game. He gained this boy's trust and he became his confidant, his friend. Anakin confides in him what happens on Tatooine, where he loses his mother and kills the Sand People. He recounts that event very willingly to Palpatine because he needs to get it off of his chest, and he doesn't feel like he can tell the Jedi, not even Obi-Wan. And that's such an important detail that is missing from the movies, where you get that context to why Anakin is so willing to A, save Palpatine from Windu, and B, why he's so willing to trust Palpatine, even if it means going against the entire fundamental philosophy that he's been trained by this entire time. Um, You also get to see how uh, caring he is, and I think that the sun dragon tail works really well. The dragon with uh, the biggest heart in the galaxy is kind of uh, a metaphor for Anakin. His interactions with the younglings are awesome and set up his relationship with Ahsoka really well, especially his sort of reluctance to get a Padawan. And his growth with his relationship with Obi-Wan is absolutely amazing, but I'll touch more on that later. As for Obi-Wan, you get to see the negotiator in action. Um, his doubts and imposter syndrome about being an honorary council member because he was one of the Jedi's chosen to kind of rotate in for the late Coleman Trebor's spot on the Jedi Council are really interesting for a person with the traditional resounding confidence of Obi-Wan. 
His observations of Anakin and Padme's relationship were awesome. Uh, the insight into his perception of Anakin through the Force and how he reacts completely differently to Padme uh, as he does to anybody else is really interesting. And I love how not subtle Anakin is compared to Padme. Like Padme kind of keeps her composure when she's around Anakin and is far less obvious about it. And Anakin is just all over the place. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And I also like that rather than scold Anakin, he assumes that he'll mature, mature and grow out of this sort of boyish infatuation like he did with Satine. Um, and that's kind of a good reason for why he kind of lets this slide because he assumes it's not going to go too far. But I also love um, the addition of Satine and getting to see how she affects Kenobi and uh, especially before they reunite in the Clone Wars. And it's it's great and interesting subplot um, to the main events. It's very very minor within the story, but it's it's still pretty cool. Other characters that I found really interesting. Rug, who is the uh, commando from the uh, Cato Nemoidian government. I think that she was a very interesting addition of someone who is fully committed to her people. She doesn't have a political agenda. She is only um, concerned with protecting Nemoidians and the people of Cato Nemoidia. And I think that that's super cool uh, to see that sort of perspective of someone who doesn't have an allegiance to the Republic, the Separatists, or any of these parties involved. She is just a patriot, and I think that that was super interesting. Kitar, her uh, protege, a great personification of someone consumed by grief uh, to the greatest extreme. He starts with the desire for justice and ends with a desire for revenge, and in that desire, he's willing to sacrifice his own people to discredit the Jedi. Absolutely incredible. I think that his uh, sort of deterioration into madness was, was really well portrayed. Dexter Jetster. Um, I think that it was amazing to spend more time with him, get a glimpse into why he's a trusted asset and friend of Obi-Wan's. And uh, I didn't know this before, but he was a black, uh, ex-black market informant, which is why he has so much information about all these different things, which I think is really, really cool. Next up, we have the youngling Mill Alabeth, who was a surprisingly great character. She was a Zabrak youngling who was qualified for the gathering. And uh, which is where the Jedi younglings go to get their lightsaber crystals. And she has a unique form of force-based empathy that lets her deeply interact with the emotions of others. And she learns from Anakin how to navigate being distinctly different from her peers. Because obviously Anakin was brought to the Jedi Temple at a very old age when compared to other uh, Jedi younglings. He was brought when he was nine and he knew his mother. He had connections to the outside world which made him very different and I think that it was really interesting to see her provide a sort of child's in innocent insight into what the Jedi should be juxtaposed with the war and the priorities of her peers that they want to get lightsabers and they want to see action and stuff like that and she's like no this violence is terrible and this suffering of the people around her makes her physically ill and she's just like we should be fighting for peace not fighting for battle and stuff like that like it's just it makes literally makes her sick and her relationship with Anakin was amazing I loved their dynamic and how she allowed him to sort of step back and look at his life on a macro level because he's such a such an in the moment person and she kind of helped him step back and appreciate all the different people around him and her decision to be a healer was a was perfect and it was a very satisfying resolution to her part of the story um, 
And I, I, I hope that we see more of her in canon and see her development. It was really, really awesome. Um, and then finally, Ventress, who's someone that I didn't expect to come into play, but I thought that she, her inclusion was really fantastic. Uh, to see her as a sort of unknown entity and uh, see her freshly blooming tension with Obi-Wan and Anakin was very, very fun. And uh, her role as a sort of seductive influence over the easily swayed and uh, just getting to see how tactfully deceitful she is was really, really fascinating. And also just to know that her character becomes such a well-developed and well-rounded character down the line adds to that. And just seeing how she starts out as this really cruel and cunning assassin and turns into this really well-rounded amazing character down the line I, I just think it helps add to my appreciation of her character even more um that being said i want to talk about the clone wars next getting to see the state of things in the early days of the war was really fascinating the detail of younglings being exposed to combat and jedi being informal generals was really cool kind of their uneasy role as military commanders and the negative stigma around neutral worlds was also really cool to develop. The perspective of Satine and her allies wishing to protest the war by refusing to take a side versus Obi-Wan's philosophy that neutrality leaves the door open for complacency to extremists. Um, and that you're essentially rolling over and allowing evil to spread by not fighting for the supposed quote-unquote good side. So... I just thought that that was really interesting and how the Jedi are trying to end the war as quickly as possible for the sake of their duty as peacekeepers. Like, we just see the war and we're like, yeah, Clone Wars, we're not thinking about the fact that the Jedi are legitimately fighting for their morality and they're trying to get this galaxy to this point where they're not having to fight battles anymore. They are going to be back to negotiating and, and all that stuff and getting to kind of appreciate how the war affects the Jedi in that way. And by the end of this book, the Jedi have been fully integrated into the military as legitimate officers. They are generals officially by the end of the book. And it's all part of Palpatine's plan to undermine their fundamental doctrine. And I have a whole Palpatine on the, or I have a whole Palpatine, a whole episode on the genius of Palpatine's plan. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's one of my favorite episodes that I've done. Um, and it just goes into how he slowly and methodically like undermined the Jedi and their entire philosophy. It's it's fascinating, but I won't go into into it here. Um, and that being said, I just have a couple more things. One of them is Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship. The story was formatted perfectly to set this up. Uh, having them apart for the first bit and sort of struggling with the reality of the shift in their dynamic was a really great way to make the reunion and partnership more gratifying. Um, it also provided the opportunity for both of them to ponder their relationship and how both of them could and should be different. Obi-Wan sees and realizes his unfair and condescending treatment of Anakin and uh, the pride he feels towards Anakin and how much he's grown and how uh, powerful and, and, and essentially just good of a Jedi he is was really heartwarming. And to experience that shift from mentor to friend was so natural and well done that I, I really, I, it's like, it's one of those where I just couldn't stop smiling. 
they're the perfect complements for each other, and they work best when they move together rather than in competition for each other. Because Anakin is headstrong and impulsive and aggressive, and Obi Wan is very thoughtful and um, contemplative, and they they work really well in tandem with each other. And getting to see that, and getting to see them acknowledge that, and go from the sort of butting heads competitive nature that they were in Attack of the Clones into the brothers in arms and friends that we see in the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith, it was perfect. All they needed to do was be on the level playing ground of being peers, being brothers. And that was the through line of this book, which I just found amazing. Um, Some extra details that I really loved. First of all, Windu's Shatterpoint ability has been made canon by this book or at least in mention, Palpatine talks about Windu's ability to find shatter points. Um, that being said, I didn't talk about this in Anakin's bit earlier, but his resentment towards Windu and sort of the way that he dreads interacting with him, also a very good addition. And as much as I do love Windu, if you don't know, he's my favorite character, he is just a complete jerk to Anakin. And just getting to see that dynamic from Anakin's perspective is a pretty cool thing. Um also, Windu on Dantooine. If you're familiar with the 2003 Clone Wars series, Windu fights like a whole army of super battle droids single-handedly, and that has been made canon by this book as well. It's also referenced. Um, so that's pretty wild. Commander Cody, we get to see him in the early days of his uh, command with Obi-Wan, which is pretty amazing. And uh, also, Obi-Wan references Master and Apprentice and their, uh, him and Qui-Gon's time on Pidril. And um, I thought that that was a pretty cool addition, too. That It just makes everything feel very cohesive and uh, very congruent. Overall, like I said, this is one of my favorite Star Wars books I've ever read. And I would definitely recommend giving it a try if you haven't yet. Um, like I said, I mean, like Plagueis, Dark Disciple, the Darth Bane trilogy... Those are really the only ones that I would put ahead of this one realistically. Maybe a couple others that I'm forgetting. But this is a fantastic book. And I would really, really recommend it. Um, And yeah, especially if you're a Clone Wars fan, I found it very nice to kind of like picture it being a Clone Wars episode almost or a Clone Wars arc. I felt like that uh, enhanced my my enjoyment of it. But um, that being said, I talked for a lot longer than I was expecting to. But this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. So what I have for y'all today is that Anakin didn't want to have a Padawan, in part because he didn't feel like he had the patience or the disposition to handle one, but also, and mainly because, he didn't want anything to come between him and Obi-Wan, which I find very heartwarming and very sweet. With that said, that's all that I have for this episode, and I have a very special announcement to make, and that is that... I have a promo code with the lightsaber company, Ultrasabers. Now, Ultrasabers is a company that I have, uh, I've used their products for years now, uh, and I really, really love them. I think they have the best uh, sort of balance between high-quality sabers and affordable prices. Um, They're really, really fantastic. Go and check out my lightsaber fights on YouTube or Instagram. That's Twin Sun Talks Podcast on YouTube or at Twin Sun Talks on Instagram to see them for yourself. And if you want to get Ultra Sabers for yourself, then go to their website, ultrasabers.com, and use the promo code TWINSUNTALKS10 to get 10% off of any purchase that you make. Um, and I, I really can't recommend their uh, products enough. I think they're really fantastic, and 
I hope that you will join me in defending the galaxy uh, using Ultra Sabers. So with that being said, I really hope that y'all enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Twin Sun Talks. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Twin Sun Talks Podcast, and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts um, by searching Twin Sun Talks. And that is all that I have for this episode. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.